0: Now, on today's episode, we are not going to be talking about a specific career as such, but we do have a very interesting guest on our show today. His name is Pascal Finette and Pascal is the Vice President of Startup Solutions and Entrepreneurship Chair at Singularity University. Now, Singularity University is this really interesting organization based here in Silicon Valley. If you check out their Wikipedia page, it describes them as a Silicon Valley think tank that offers educational programs and a business incubator. It was co-founded by Ray Kurzweil, who is perhaps the most known for his work in the field of artificial intelligence and what this means for the future of humanity as there are more developments in this field. So yes, a very interesting group of people behind this organization and Pascal today will be talking to us about what this organization is all about. We will also be spending some time on understanding Pascal's journey overall. Prior to the Singularity University, Pascal was Portfolio Manager at Google.org. He was Director of the Open Innovation Group and Mozilla Labs at Mozilla Corporation. And he's also started a bunch of companies and nonprofits. So, a very interesting background. He's done a lot of very different things over the course of his career. And we'll be spending some time understanding just how he's been able to do so much. So, with that preamble, let's welcome Pascal. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's great
1: yeah it's great to be here thank you
0: thank you so much for taking the time honestly i really do want to thank you because i'm sure you are a very very busy person
1: uh, uh, when you reached out to me it sounded uh, really intriguing and very interesting so of course i spent time with you thank you so much for having me
0: (laughs) thank you thank you so what i was thinking is that for today's conversation uh we'll spend a little bit of time on just understanding what is the singularity university it sounds very very interesting so i want to understand that and what kind of person should think about applying there and then also spend some time on just understanding your journey. You've done so many different things. So it will be good to talk about how you got there and advice that you might have for others. Mm -hmm. All right. So then I guess my first question for you is what is the Singularity University?
1: (laughs) It's actually a really complicated question to answer. So um, the short version of it is we are an educational institution um, located right in the heart of Silicon Valley on um, Moffett Field, which is a NASA site. And um, our aim is to inspire and educate and empower leaders uh, to apply exponentially accelerating technologies to solve the world's biggest problems. So what we're doing here is um, effectively, we run a whole bunch of educational programs, a lot of executive education programs, as well as a 10-week long summer course for um, graduate students or people who are You know, in between jobs and like in their early to mid 20s, as well as we we do a bunch of work with startups, which is what I'm mostly responsible for um, in my day job. Um, And we work some with uh, also with corporates uh, where we do uh, innovation consulting.
0: Yeah, this is really interesting. But I I think to put things in perspective, it'll be helpful if maybe you can talk about the name Singularity, because I'm guessing it comes from the technological Singularity concept, right?
1: That's correct, yes. Um, And uh, probably as a a way of of, uh, clarifying this, there's many different ways uh, people use this term singularity to describe different things. Um, In our case, our co-founder is a gentleman uh, called Ray Kurzweil, who's actually working at Google now. Mm -hmm. And um, Ray is is one of the leading researchers in the world um, around topics such as artificial intelligence, AI. And Ray um, did a projection determining that um, in the next about fifteen years from now, we will have computers which are computationally as smart, um, as powerful as a human brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and this moment in time, when you have literally a machine which is computationally as smart as a human brain, uh, is what we describe and Ray describes as the point of singularity.
0: Well, wow, yeah. So I mean, that that that's that moment when, I guess, there's there's the entire debate about oh my god, human beings are going to be crushed, or or you know, this is going to be the new age of humanity.
1: That is correct, yes. And that is a very long discussion we can have, typically have over a glass of wine uh, in the evening.
0: Yeah, so no, I'm not not going into that at all. (laughs) And I obviously want to believe that it's going to be very good for us. But 15 years from now sounds very close, right? So this projection Mm -hmm. happened when?
1: Um, so uh, it, it depends a little bit on like how you like squint at it and how you look at the numbers um, but uh, but literally um, when you uh, run the numbers and this is based on uh, a, a phenomena which is called Moore's law and Moore's law describes that computers effectively get twice as fast every two years uh-huh. and uh, Moore's law has been true for the last 50 years we know that. Um, and when you extrapolate Moore's law into the future you will see that, Um, roughly literally in the year 2029 depending on like how you do the math on it um, we will have a computer which is computationally as smart um, or as powerful as a human brain
0: right wow yeah so that's really close and so I, i guess so then combining this with what is the goal of singularity university is it to equip people to be to sort of leverage the technologies which will make this happen
1: Yeah, you're spot on. So um, it is on one hand, um, first of all, it's really around creating the awareness. Um, So a lot of people don't, they don't really fully understand how fast we're moving into this world where tomorrow will look very dramatically different than today. And not just in computing, but um, think about the advancements we have um, made just in the last couple of years in robotics or synthetic biology or digital biology. Um, So things we do with with a gene, for example. Yeah. Um, So it's about education, then we empower you, we give you tools um, to make sense of this change and, and become a driving force in the change. And then we hold you to a very high standard where we basically say, you need to use these technologies to do something good in the world.
0: I see. Okay. And so I I want to spend some time on the two. I mean, you described that, you know, there's a whole bunch of programs that you do. I think the two things which are of particular interest are uh, startups. And then Mm -hmm. also how you have these 10 weeks long courses, which people can take. Are, Are these in person engagements? Or can you also do them remotely?
1: Uh, yes, so um, both uh, both opportunities are in-person opportunities. Um, and a reason for that is we believe that despite, of course, us being a, a very technology-driven uh, organization, um, there's some, some real magic which happens when you get people together in a room, and not just in a room, but have them break bread. Um, so have them really interact with each other. And I think it's very important uh, when you think about building a startup, it's really important to um, to have people in physical proximity yeah. um, to work through problems very quickly, um, as well as uh, when you do want to do real intense learning, um, I've, I, I truly believe that there is some magic to being in a in a you know in an environment together with other people um, who bring their own perspectives, their own knowledge, etc.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, talking about startups, since that's your area anyway, what let's say I'm someone who wants to do something with these technologies can you share maybe maybe share an example of some startups that have come out of singularity university first mm-hmm. of
1: course so just to give you a couple of examples um, we had out of our program came the very f- literally the very first point-to-point drone delivery company um, and what they're doing is they deliver um, humanitarian aid in areas where there are no uh, roads so basically fly from Um, a supply station to a hospital, for example, using a drone. Mm. Um, And they've been doing this for years now, a company called Matternet. Um, We have a company which is using a uh, simple blood test looking for RNA, uh, which is the building block of DNA effectively, which certain types of cancer shed this RNA into your bloodstream so they can detect cancers in a blood test uh, typically pre-stage one. So very, very early in the development of a cancer so they're easily to treat. Oh, wow. um, there's a company called Miraculous. And then lastly, um, to go like totally out of this world, quite literally, uh, we have a company called Made in Space. Um, they developed a 3D printer which works in zero gravity or <laughs> nanogravity, so very low amounts of gravity. Uh, they now have two of those printers on the International Space Station, literally printing replacement parts for the International Space Station. And this is really important if you ever want to think about us going onto different planets, becoming a multiplanetary species. We need to be able to manufacture in space.
0: Wow. Yeah. So I, I have a bunch of questions. So first, just some, so, some um, sort of a housekeeping kind on of a question. So do I already have to have an idea that I'm working on and then think of applying? Or like at what stage do I have to be in, in order to get in?
1: So it depends on the program. Um, if you come into the startup programs, the startup programs are really built to accelerate existing companies. So you typically have to have an idea, you typically need to have worked on your idea a little bit. At the very least, you need to have some feasibility uh, you can demonstrate um, around your your product or service idea. Um, That's for the startup programs. Hmm. Um, For the 10-week program in the summer, um, that is a program we build for individuals. So we bring, indivi- uh, bring um, ninety individuals from all around the world. Um, literally this year, I think we have the count is something like fifty-three countries being represented. Um, and these individuals, they typically come with um, with a whole bunch of ideas, and they come to us uh, to learn more about these technologies, learn about the big problems in the world, learn about entrepreneurship, and then. Um, figure out, like, how do they want to take those ideas
0: forward? I see. Yeah, because that was going to be my sort of Im- major question, which is that, I mean, these ideas, like the whole idea behind Singularity University, one of the major themes is this uh, idea about exponential thinking, that I'm no longer thinking of incremental improvements, but things which can 10x what we see today. So how do you get into that m- mindset? How do you develop that way of thinking?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's actually interesting. So I think you need to expose yourself to the, um, to the concepts over and over and over again until it becomes second nature. The super simple example we always use to get people, to wake people up to this, is um, we're talking about this, this idea of steps. So imagine you take 30 normal steps, one after the other. Um, you have a very good intuitive sense how far you get. Uh, in metrics, uh, numbers, it would be about 30 meters, 30 yards in the U.S., uh, and you have a in, a gut feel how far it is. Now, imagine you take 30 exponential steps. So every step is twice as far as your last one. So you go from 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, and so on. Mm-hmm. If you do this 30 times, you get to a billion meters, which is 25 times around planet Earth. Or it's to the moon, back from the moon, and halfway to the moon again. Yeah. And it demonstrates, first of all, like the, the vast difference between a linear trend, right? It goes to 30 to an exponential trend, which goes to a billion But also, and more importantly, it demonstrates that we're really ill-equipped to understand these trends um, intuitively. So ultimately, it's fairly simple. All you have to do is you need to expose yourself to this way of thinking. You need to force yourself to sit down and do the math. Simple example is, we know, uh, we talked about this earlier, Moore's law, a computer gets twice as fast every two years. Now, if I ask you how fast is a computer in in 10 years, Um, it's, of course, not twice as fast or three times as fast. It's, you know, two to the power of four times as fast. Um, And you have to do the math on, like, what does it actually mean? How fast is a computer then?
0: Yeah, yeah. But, like, how how do I do that? So let's say, I mean, obviously, if I'm able to get into Singularity University, then I will be surrounded by people who are in, in a similar mindset. You guys are going to be introducing me to a lot of different technologies, which will give me ideas. But, mm-hmm. but let's say I'm away from that environment, then of how, course. Are, yeah. are there any resources that you can recommend?
1: Yeah, no, of course. Um, so uh, make no mistake, this whole idea of exponential thinking is not exclusive to us, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's actually um, more and more literature, videos, um, websites coming out explaining this and really t- keeping a, a, a finger on the pulse. Um, probably just as uh, for your uh, listeners, a couple of resources one is uh, Singularity University itself has a couple of uh, resources um, such as a video explaining these concepts, et cetera, um, on our website. Okay. Um, that's number one. The second one is I give a talk on what we call introdu- introduction to exponentials, okay. um, which is, has been recorded a gazillion times in various settings. So when you just uh, look at my YouTube uh, profile, you'll find, I don't know, 10 versions of this talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so just watch one of those. Um uh, there is, uh, a very good, um, uh, a, a series of books, um, uh, which have been published uh, recently. Um, so one being the singularities near from Ray Kurzweil, uh, which is the book we built our organization on. Okay. Um, there is a, a book called uh, the second machine age. Um, another one called the inevitable from uh, Kevin Kelly. Um, so there's lots of like literature you can, you can consume. And then Lastly, there's a whole bunch of websites, including Singularity University has something called Singularity Hub, where we post like the, the latest developments in this area, literally on a, on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to spend some time on understanding. So as fr- from what I can understand, whether it's the startup program or it's the 10 week course or any of the others, it's a, there's a selection process that happens, right? Like, it's not like mm-hmm. I just have to apply and I get in. And so... And it's a fairly selective program, right? Like, what do you look for?
1: Yeah, so you're right. Um, so it's a selective program. Um, the 10-week program, for example, is um, it's really unique in, in that it is fully sponsored by um, some of our partners, including Google, mm-hmm. um, as our main sponsor. Uh, meaning you get literally a program which is worth about $30,000 um, in education for free. Um, what we're looking for is... Uh, typically, we're looking for people who are uh, coming from three different uh, areas: um, either social change makers, entrepreneurs, uh, or scientists. And we're typically looking at people who are um, a have done something interesting in their careers, so something which demonstrates that they're they're hungry and they're doing really interesting work in their in their communities. As well as, we're interested in people who are a little bit at this infliction point in their careers where. They might have done something really interesting, but they're really interested in like the what's next. And our aim is to provide you with hopefully some answers or some inspirations uh, to, you know, what you could do next.
0: Got it. Okay. And uh, can you maybe share an example of what constitutes you've done something interesting in your career?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty wide ranging. Um, uh, We had people who have... um, uh, created, for example, created um, successful companies and exited those companies, mm-hmm. um, and then you know figure out like what what they want to do next in their work, in their lives. Um, we had company, we had um, people last year, for example, we had someone from Peru um, who was building maker spaces. So these um, these uh, spaces where you bring three D printers and all kinds of maker tools together in the Peruvian Amazon rainforest. And he was working with uh, local communities there uh, to teach them these new technologies, but also bring their knowledge about nature and the Amazon rainforest into these makerspaces. Right. Um. So very different people. Very very different
0: people. Yeah. Yeah. You're. I think that that's the impression that I have of Singularity University. Like I've heard a bunch of talks by Peter D- Diamandis, who is the other co-founder of Singularity University, and I I think he talks about, or maybe he, it's his own company, but there's a company about mining metals or minerals in space, like on asteroids and stuff like that. So it's really These are the kind of ideas that you just don't find here and there. Like half the people are right now working on photo sharing apps and all of those things. Like That's not the kind of thing that you would expect to find in Singularity University.
1: That's correct. Yes. And make no mistake, there's a place for it without (laughs) a question. Uh, It's just not our place. Uh,
0: And my last question on this topic is that is, uh, let's say I, you know, I have a startup or I'm working on something and... I I want to get the resources from an accelerator and I'm thinking of, you know, maybe applying to something like a Y Combinator or a 500 Startups. Is there a reason why I should go to Singularity University?
1: I sincerely do hope so. Um, So we are a little bit different than the the Y Combinators and the 500 Startups and we see ourselves actually not in competition with them, um, but much more augmenting the ecosystem which exists. And our specific spin is really around If you're building a startup, which is leveraging these frontier technologies, these new technologies, AI, robotics, synthetic biology, et cetera, and you're addressing what we call a global grand challenge, so really um, uh, important, big challenge in the world, then I believe we are the right place for you because we build our program specifically around this particular uh, niche of companies. And then we, we, we literally throw all the best things we have, including you know, our faculty, um, all our uh, educational programs. Um, We have excellent contacts to the Fortune 500s of this world. So we bring all this in uh, to support these types of companies.
0: Excellent. Okay. All right. So then uh, switching gears, I wanted to spend some time on understanding your journey because you have done a lot of things. Uh, It's really impressive. You've started companies, you've started nonprofits. You were at Mozilla Corporation, Google.org, now, Singularity University. You've also done this, uh, these interesting projects like the Gaishido project. So, a lot of lot of things, but high impact things. So, what do you think has enabled you to put yourself in such a position to be able to do so many things and high impact things?
1: Um, yeah, it's a good question, actually. So, um, I semi joke about this, but actually, I'm I'm. I'm fairly serious about it. uh, So I I definitely suffer from some form of of ADHD. So my attention span is very short, um, which leads me to um, the, I think, interesting and sometimes weird situation that I typically can't stand, uh, stay with a job for all too long. Um, I get pretty bored with a job after, you know, about two years, three years into the job. When I believe I understand the job, I understand the organization, I understand the industry I'm in. Um, and I've got then this strong urge to uh, to move, mm. which in my case led to, as you pointed out, a, a fairly uh, illustrious, like weird list of like stuff I've done. Um, I, the negative read of this is, of course, like you can look at this and you say, well, this guy can't can't hold a job, right? It's <laughs> like um, he's not particularly persistent in uh, in his following. Um, but I, I, I think, the most important thing for me was to very early on in my life, I understood and and firmly stood behind who I am. And I started honing this and really like figuring out like, who am I? What am I good at? I think I'm really good at starting stuff up, not good at running it. Um, And then, then becoming better and better at this and focusing all my energy and attention towards this particular thing. Um, Probably as a, as a, just as a last comment, on this particular note, um, there's a book called "So Good They Can't Ignore You" um, from a gentleman called Cal Newport. Um, it's probably the most formative and important book you can read if you're thinking about your career, uh, because it talks about exactly how you're like how you think about your career in a longer arc, um, and how you can put all the little pieces together in a, in a in a very meaningful way. Um, uh, and it's it's rooted deeply in science. So it's it's not just like a woo woo type of you know career <laughs> help book. Yeah. Um, really excellent book.
0: Yeah. So I I want to spend a little bit more time on what you just said. Right, that you you're the kind of person who is interested in a lot of different things. You, one particular thing cannot hold your attention for a long time, and I think a lot of people today will maybe they don't have ADHD, but they but they do want to do a lot of very different things. But I think what is unique about you is that you've done them very, very well, right? Like not everyone is just a director at Mozilla Corporation and then goes to Google.org. So what is it that you think has enabled you to be in that position? Like uh, in the sense that I guess what I'm trying to ask is, are there certain skills that that you have which you think have are, have enabled you to see this kind of success or you were somehow able to surround yourself with the right set of people or something else?
1: Yeah, I think, yes, I think it's a good question. I, I, I think it's actually a very fair question, too. Um, and when you, I, I believe when you dig to the bottom of this thing, um, it, it, for me it comes down to two things. The first is... Um, when I take a job, I, I wholeheartedly do the job and I, do, uh, I spend a lot of my time and a lot of my energy and going really beyond like, what is probably typically expected of someone um, in this particular job. So I, in a lot of ways, I earned the right to be in the position I am today mm. um, because in every job, I, I, I really did my utmost best um, to perform and, and exceed um, expectations. That's. I think that's one. The second one is, um, to your point about, like, knowing the right people, um, that is for sure true for me. Um, I, I I keep telling this story, which is actually pretty bizarre, but throughout my whole career, I have never properly interviewed for a single job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've okay. never applied for a job. I always, like, the jobs always, like, kind of came to me because someone knew, you know, someone knew mm-hmm. someone and they were looking for someone who had my profile. I see,
0: um,
1: I see. But the the reason why that is, um, is again, I earned this by um, putting myself out there and um, really doing a lot of like, um, uh, you know, paying it forward for people, like doing a lot of stuff, like having meetings with people, helping them without expectation of anything in return, just knowing that, you know, putting good karma out there will pay back um, eventually
0: Right. No, this is very, very helpful. What was your first, big, at the beginning of your career, did you start out with a job or did you start out with starting companies?
1: So um, when I was in college, so I'm German born, so I went to college in Germany. And um, one thing I wanted to do when I was in college, I didn't want my parents to pay for college. Um, so I started while I was in college, I was, uh, take, I took a computer, a job in a computer company, um, effectively selling and servicing computers, Apple computers at the time. Um, just basically just to pay the bill. Um, plus, you know, I was interested in technology, so it was an interesting field to be uh, in and around, etc. Um, and what happened with that job was again, by for me, this wasn't just a job. It was a calling. You know, I was I was going there and I was doing this next to my studies, but it wasn't just like a I clock in there, sell a couple of computers, go back home. It was like I clock in there, I work really hard, I make suggestions on how we make things better. I, on my own, you know, build a back-end website for like some specific problem we had, et cetera, et cetera. That then got the attention of, my, of the CEO of that company. I
0: see. You know, who's
1: like... Who's that kid, right? And yeah. he gave me an opportunity while I was in college to go to, um, to Taiwan to start becoming a purchaser for the company. So I, I started going to Taiwan and buying stuff for the company, which is totally crazy. And I was like 21 or something, yeah. 20 years old. I yeah. had no experience whatsoever. But because you put, again, you put yourself out there and you put the work in, um, you're putting yourself into a position where these things will happen to you.
0: Yeah, actually, I think this is a very, very interesting point of view because you meet a lot of people today who are just like, you know, I hate my job, I don't like it. Uh, And it sounds like, you know, even though, you know, you may have been in jobs which you may not necessarily be like, you know, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Once you've taken it up, you give it it so much that someone or the other notices you and it just kind of keep building up from there.
1: That's correct. And also, I think it's important to understand that um, I mean, it, it, trust me, I've been in jobs where I was like, oh, this is not the right job for me, <laughs> yeah. but I, th- I think there's always something you can learn. Someone told me this very early on in my life. That's something it, it, the person said to me, you know, regardless whom you meet and regardless what you think of them, they can always teach you something. And, and that's really yeah. stuck with me. And I think it's true for like all the situations we put ourselves in life's life. Uh, in, in our lives into you know if i were to work at you know mcdonald's and flip burgers there is surely something i can learn there and as long as i'm learning i'm actually in a good position hmm. i think you need to leave your job and you really generally feel like you have learned everything there is to learn or you learn the vast amount of the stuff it is to learn then i think it's time for you to leave yeah
0: do you do you think there have been certain key turning points in your life uh which which you know thinking back Those are absolutely critical to your success.
1: Yeah, it's it's always tricky to say because you never know what the alternative reality would be, right? Um, (laughs) So I I I would definitely say uh, so. A thing I did uh, while I was in college. um, So I was working at this computer company, but while I was in college, the the first .dot com boom happened. So 1997. So I'm starting to date myself here. Mm -hmm. But um, I decided to start a company because everybody was starting companies. It was so exciting. Um and we raised literally I raised as a single founder on a piece of paper as a business plan. I raised two and a half million dollars, um, which was crazy. But um and the company didn't do very well. I ran that company for three years. We ended up selling the company um in a fire sale. Uh, but I learned an incredible amount. And probably the most important thing I learned was when I went into this adventure, I thought I'm the king of the king of the earth, right? I'm like I'm invincible. This is amazing. I'm super smart. You know, I'm college educated, whatever. Yeah. And going through that, edu- through that experience, managing people and really seeing like how bad, like how little I know about the world. Um, it was incredibly humbling. And I think that was a, that was a very necessary reset for me, which then allowed me to do what I wanted to do and like what I, I did um, going forward got it got
0: it okay yeah so that was like a key learning point for you mm-hmm. um, do you find youngsters today making any common mistakes for you to be like wow if only these guys did this this way they would you know something <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm
1: I'm, I'm I'm very careful with um, <laughs> with generalizations um, i think if anything uh, and again this is a blunt generalization so it's not true for like the vast amount of people but uh, I think there's a little bit of, an, of a tendency um, to kind of like people wanting to have their cake and eat it and not really work for it. Um, I think there's a piece in there which is like, yes, be ambitious and yes, be demanding, uh, but know that it's a value exchange. Um, so every job, everything you do in life is a value exchange. You need to, you can only get out of something, you know, what you put into it. So and again, like I'm, I'm very careful with, with generalizations okay. no, because absolutely. I can I can point to many, many young people where that is not the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the, then behind the question is that it's, it's also I, I think in today's times, a lot of us really struggle from uh, have this feeling of I'm, I'm not doing what I should be or I'm not where I want to be and there's a lot of angst against that so I don't know if there's any way for 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 you to address that but actually what would you say to someone like that who feels that you know I'm you know I want to put myself in a position where I can do all of these different things and yes I understand that I need to do a lot of hard work but maybe it's not working out what would be your advice to that person
1: so I think there's the two pieces of advice I give people is the first is understand that your career is a long arc. Um, careers are 40 year careers. They're not two years, two, five years, or even 10 years. They're literally 40 year careers. Um, so understanding that if you want to be at a particular point, you need to first start. Um, I read this really interesting uh, blog post from uh, Gary Weinachuk, uh, the guy who did wine.com. And now yeah. that's like all the social media stuff. And he was talking about how you need to start with a single follower. You know, if you have a YouTube channel or something, you need one person. And uh, he's, he was commenting that people always come to him and say, like, hey, Gary, like you get on, you know, the L show or the Today Show. I want to be there. And okay. Gary is like, sure, but it took me 20 years to get there. You need to, that that's that's the arc, right? Um, I think that's the one thing which is important to understand. The second is, when I look back at particular my life, uh, my life seems to happen in these like three-year episodes, two to three-year episodes. We talked about this earlier. If you think about this and you think about like, a, let's say it's a 40, 45-year arc, I have 15 of those episodes in my life in, in total, which means that if I screw up a bunch of those, you know, I try something and it doesn't work for three years, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter in the in the long arc of things. So I think that gives me and it gives other people um a little bit more the confidence that it's it's okay to try something it's okay to start a company it's okay to you know like go for that trip around the world where you educate yourself on you know how the world looks like
0: Mm, yeah well i guess patience is a virtue right like if only people could get a little bit more patience it would be fine Um, right So I I want to end with this post that I saw recently that you had shared on your blog, which was around how people need to invest in having more time and like making good use of time. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's a good message for this audience.
1: (sighs) Yeah, it's actually um, the, uh, the impetus for this blog post was um, I saw a, uh, an interview with a young Steve Jobs. So this is you know the, the years when Steve was just fired from Apple and was starting up next. Um, and it was one of these interviews which was lost for a long time and then resurfaced. And uh, in the interview, Steve Jobs makes this comment saying that the only thing you have is time. That's the only thing you have in life. And um, as long as you invest this time into either learning Or experiences, you're fine. You're in good shape. Um, And I thought it was really profoundly true because if you think about it again, like, you know, the one thing I can guarantee you is that we will die, at least for the foreseeable future. That might change at one point when we all become immortal, but that's not. Uh, not on the horizon at the moment. Well, at least.
0: you shouldn't say that. You're at Singularity University. I'm sure that's a problem that someone is trying to solve. Immortality.
1: Of course, there's a lot of people working on it. But, yeah. And I, I can tell you from like having talked to quite a few of those, uh, they will all tell you it's a really complicated problem to solve. So we'll see where we get there. Yeah. But really, it's it, you only have time. So um, what you want to optimize for is you want to optimize for the good use of this time. And it's really about, you know, spending time on things you like doing
0: yeah yeah all right so pascal where can people find you online and learn more about what you're up to uh,
1: so i'm a pretty public person um so i've got you know a bunch of stuff happening online um uh, probably the most interesting one um is uh, i write a semi-daily blog which you where you found this article mm-hmm. um uh at theheretic.org um, where you can subscribe to it um uh That gives you also my email address. You can then respond to the emails. Um, Otherwise, if you just literally Google my name, Pascal Finette, um, it will show up with tons of videos, stuff I've written, websites I've built. So I'm I'm fairly easy to find. Interesting enough, my name is very unique. There's only like two or three other Pascal Finettes on this planet, and they don't seem to be very active on (laughs) the internet. So you find me easily.
0: How did you find the other two if they're not active on the internet?
1: Uh, LinkedIn actually so uh, uh, someone named Pascal Finette uh, pinged me on LinkedIn and it's like hey we've got the same name that's really weird Um, awesome
0: all right thank you so much Pascal this was wonderful I'm sure people are going to enjoy this episode thank you once again
1: thank you so much for having me
0: bye bye Pascal All right, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Just before you leave, do remember to sign up for our newsletter on our website, learneducatediscover.com, where we share updates on new episodes, a lot of career-oriented resources, and a lot of other inspiring stories and videos and podcasts that we find online. So do check it out at learneducatediscover.com. You'll also find the library of all the other podcasts that we've done in the past on the website. Of course, if you have any questions at all, or if you just want to say hello, you can always email us just drop us a mail at hello at com or tweet at us at L-E-D underscore curator. That's L-E-D underscore C-U-R-A-D-O-R. Of course, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learn, educate, discover, or you can also subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time and until the next one, Bye-bye.